1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I think that a lot of people think technology is intimidating. I don't think it's meant to intimidate. And that's where I put a spin, right? But it's like, I'm not trying to sell you sexy technology. I'm trying to help you fix your life processes, especially for a mompreneur, right? Like, I'm here simply to help you go to Tommy's soccer game at 4 p.m and you're not dying with email invoices back here. Or so that you can make it to your client meeting and you don't have to worry about scheduling this manually or this not being integrated or your POS system's not syncing properly or my Shopify account's not working. Or how about I wanna build an app, but I don't know where to start. Okay, well, guess what? I have an agency that I work with that has a team of developers and we can help build you something that's not gonna break the bank. And I think that a lot of the time these male dominated industries, it's like going to the mechanic, right? The same thing in technology. So I'm like, no, let me sit at the table because I know what things cost and I know what it takes to implement and I know what it takes to project manage things. And no, I'm not going to let somebody take one of my clients to the cleaners, if you will. And I'm there simply just to advocate. I tend to tell my clients, like, think of me as an extension of your leadership team that you one day will be able to afford. But right now, I'm going to be asking those C suite level questions that. Somebody that has just getting into business is not going to see because they can't really see the forest from the trees. You can't run your business and then scale it at the same time. You can't, you can't do both.
0: You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazon. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Natalie, I am so excited to have you here. I should call you our resident Latina in tech because that's who you're going to be for this conversation. Thank you so much for being here.
2: (laughs) Oh, My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. So if you tune into the show, you know we're all about educating, empowering, uplifting, and informing. And so this episode is going to be around how to make a career in tech. Tech is very sexy. It's been very sexy for a long time. I think a lot of people are enamored with the idea of like the six-figure salary, working from home, being a Googler, whatever the hell they call them. But I want you to give us the real deal about your experience, especially as a Latina in tech. So let's start at the beginning. Was your goal always to be in tech or what was the original plan? This That is
2: such a great idea or a great question, I should say. I landed in technology completely on accident. I started my career in HR, specifically professional employer organizations. So that's like an even more of a niche in HR and specifically even more to that benefits. So I was a benefit specialist for a long time. And I started off benefit administration services and to our, I think the ode to all Latina is that kind of the working from a place of service, right? I thought that that was the career suited for me until I realized a lot of the administrative work I was doing was that shit was for the birds and not for me. So I, I, and that's, I kind of weaseled my way into a more analytical role, a business analyst. And that's literally how I started. I loved the industry, but I wanted a role that was more suited to my analytical brain. And that was my very first foot in the door was analyzing some files and this and that and learning how to do pivot tables and be lookups. And that was literally my very first foray into the technology world.
0: Okay. So I'm going to guess that you didn't have any family members who could like give you a leg up into this world, this corporate world. What was your upbringing like? Where did you grow up? And what was the impact of your culture on kind of your mindset as you started thinking about your career?
2: I will say that my parents... So I am second generation from my mother, third from my father. He was born in the States. My mother was born in Puerto Rico. And just, I grew up very extremely humble beginnings down here in sunny South Florida, Broward County to be exact. And I had no... Trust fund. No, I mean, we were pinching pennies, living paycheck to paycheck for a really long time. The one thing that my parents did do for the three of us was they worked themselves to the bone to make sure that we went to a private school. The school system here in Florida isn't that great. And unfortunately, in order for us, my parents knew enough that in order for us to echar palante, we had no vacations. We didn't have fancy cars, but we went to private school. So that was the one thing that we kind of did have. And so we were around different type of social circles that we didn't necessarily grow up with or had in our own families. So that is a whole nother story in and of itself. But at least my parents were able to do that. So I am Mm -hmm. very grateful.
0: Yeah. Yo, that sacrifice that our parents make to put us in positions where we can even think about, you know, having careers in these big companies and starting businesses and doing all this stuff. It's honestly, I feel like why we strive to achieve so much, but then I think it's also contributes to a lot of the pressure that we feel to succeed. I'm curious if you felt any pressure to succeed as you were starting off your career. Like, How did that dictate your career moves and what you decided to do? I feel like a lot
2: of the Latino, like all the methodologies of like work yourself into your dad, right? Like, you know what? I can't complain because look at how abuela had it or look at how Bobby has it or because mommy's working, you know, two jobs, three jobs to send us, the, you know, what we're doing. I just assumed being the good little girl was, you know, work in my nine to five corporate life. Like I had no idea what was outside of any of this Corporate life, because I, according to my family, like I should have been grateful I made it, right? Like you, I made it. Look at all the sacrifices we did for you. Like you should be happy. You have a stable job. You have a stable career. Why do you always want something different? Or I always hear this: it's never enough for you, Natalie. And it was, and I used to think like, oh well, should I guess maybe I'm the problem or people who I noticed this now in my journey. You know, I stopped taking advice from people who have never created or done anything remarkable in their lives ever. And for a long time, those are the sometimes the members of my family or just the peers I was around with in my normal career. And a lot of people that love me and I always thought had the best intentions were the ones who were holding me back the most. And it was also myself allowing that to con- that perpetual behavior to continue to happen. So I also take responsibility for that as well. But I, but to your original question, no, I didn't really have, I had role models in the sense of like working really, really hard, but in terms of like a roadmap of what career path I should go, not really other than be a doctor, be a lawyer, be, you know, like the normal paths of,
0: of career that we're taught, you know? Absolutely. Oof. I really felt it when you said the people who sometimes are the closest to you can be your biggest obstacle. They can be the biggest critic. And I think it's important to have a sense of empathy for folks not being able to see beyond the struggle if that's where they've existed, right? And I think it has required of myself a lot of inner reflection to give my parents enough grace to be like, look, we're not going to agree on what life should look like, on what my career should look like, on what stability is, on what success is, on what the meaning of life is. But that's okay. I can love y'all despite it and know when to wrap you into what I'm doing and when it's just going to be beyond what you're capable of understanding. Hmm. Hmm.
2: You hit the nail on the head right there. I think that our parents really don't understand, especially the world of the socials, right? Like they understood Facebook for what it was, right? Like the sharing of information, the posts, the family, family gossip, right? Like everybody seems to use the socials for what it's intended for, right? But nobody wants to think beyond what those could potentially be used for. So it's Foreign concepts to them, not really understanding, like, you know, there is something to be said here in terms of the measure of success, right? Like, you know, my mom sometimes will watch me filming a reel or something, you know, doing something fun with the kids, and she's like, I eso te hace, eso te va a hacer dinero? And I'm like, well, maybe. And yeah, actually it does. <laughs> and it, it's mind blowing, you know? So I feel like they, it takes them a second to really understand what it is that you're even doing. I mean, I've been suffering from that my whole, even technology. No, I feel like people around me can't ever really tell you what it is that I do.
0: Yes. Well, and you know, I think that's a great segue into Let's dive into your career transition into tech. I think there's a lot of women who have realized that the bag is in STEM, right? Like, and I knew that from an early age because my father was an engineer. So I'm like, you know what? He got the money. I'm going to do that because what everybody else is doing, that's not working. But I also found myself feeling very isolated, especially as a Latina in these white ass spaces full of men who just honestly make you feel like you got in through the back door and the fuck are you doing here? And I'm curious, like what your experience was like, first off, making that transition and your experience, you know, in those environments where we just don't see ourselves.
2: So to go back a couple earlier points, landed here completely on accident. However, the not accident part was that I loved my industry. I grew up in the HR space and I truly do think it is such a complex space. So I didn't want to leave, but I knew I needed a different role. So I started finding tasks, not an actual position. And this is kind of how I start to kind of, you know, work with my mentees as well when we talk about breaking into different roles is try finding your strengths, right? Like if you love your industry, why do you think you have to leave, right? Like, why do you think you have to move if you work for Sephora or you work in the makeup industry? By the way, there's labs, there's softwares, there's color palette, you know, technology, So I always kind of advise if you love the industry you're in, stay there and don't necessarily think you're going to make, you know, jump ship into a new role. But getting those technical tasks that you're going to know a lot of your peers don't want to do them or a lot of your older peers don't want to do them because they're like, oh, I don't want to learn something new or this takes too long. I'd rather work my manual process. Well, if you start kind of creating value with what you're doing, that kind of sets you apart. And that's honestly what I started doing. I came from that Latina background of galleitas, te ves mas bonita, right? So not that that's a good thing. I am no longer quiet in any of my roles in any part of my life. But in the beginning of my career, I was very quiet and head down and I just worked. And I was very hungry for the knowledge that did bite me in the ass later on, right? Being overworked and underpaid. But that's a whole nother, that's another topic, But that's really how I started and got my foot in the door was just succeeding in little tasks that kind of rolled up into the bigger picture in the land of technology.
0: Yeah. How do you know who to talk to to find these opportunities?
2: That's a good one. It was very hard for me when I wanted to segue into other roles because I had no one. Um, I didn't really have a huge network of women that I trusted or even men that I trusted. To your point, everything was very... Older white man, very patriarchal driven. And a lot of backdoor deals are either done in the good old boys' club or even in rooms I had absolutely no idea about. Or I would hear about someone's promotion and you're like, I didn't even know that position was up for, how didn't even know that was going to be a thing? Like, how does he know versus me? Like,
0: what? And I too have been. And you're in HR. So you would be like, what the fuck? How do I not know this is happening? (laughs) Right? Like, this is weird. (laughs)
2: <laughs> let's not even get talk about the pay <laughs> discrepancy. Right. But yeah, in the beginning I had no one. And then when I did land a, the job of a lifetime, I was so grateful. I had this one idea. How can I get, gather all my skills that I've acquired in my 10 plus years in technology or in any HR, but how could I help other girls do what I do and succeed? And that's exactly how I started.
0: Mm -hmm. So this is the origin story of the Latina Techie, which is now your platform that you were founder and CEO of, that you are offering mentorship to Latinas who want to make this transition into tech.
2: That's absolutely correct. That was my baby.
0: I love it. This is why I think women, we're definitely going to take over the world. Like if y'all didn't know, we are. Because that's the thing. When women learn, when they get opportunities, they don't hold it. They want to spread it. And I think that's what makes us so powerful because we are not just about the individual. We are about community. And especially if you are from our community, like that's just what we do. That's just how we operate. So tell me, what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned in your career transition that now you can share with folks who are looking to do the same thing?
2: Don't sell yourself short. Number one, I think that women time and time again, because I call it the Superman syndrome or the superwoman syndrome, where it's, you have society telling you like, oh my gosh, that job is so, you know, you're, you know, being a mom and being a woman, everything is so hard, you know, congrats, but nobody's ever really offering you help. Right. Mm-hmm. And that also kind of goes into the fact that women sell ourselves short because we think, like, oh, we're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be suffering. We're supposed to be doing the most or the hardest thing. So we, dem- by doing that, we diminish all the good things we've done, all the projects we've led, all the communications we've streamlined, all the processes we've streamlined, you know, all the workflows that you've created solutions for, you know, just communication barriers alone. I think that happens quite a bit where we sell ourselves short and just showing your worth and and how valuable you are to your organization and to your own teammates. I would think that took me a second to realize that.
0: Yeah, I think what happens for a lot of us is like we don't learn how to advocate for ourselves, which especially if you're in a place that there's nobody like you. I mean, girl, you better get good at tooting your own horn because ain't nobody else going to do it.
2: Exactly. And <laughs> That took me a second to like recalibrate my brain because I'm not shy, but I'm a techie too. So I'm kind of nerdy. I'm not super quiet, but I'm quiet. I like to be heads down, headphones in, working. But I do have a lot to say. I am Latina. I am outspoken. I have ideas and thoughts and solutions. Like I've literally built my entire career on solutions. I'm a solutions architect. That's what I do at my core. So I think that when you sell your yourself short, when you don't understand some of the big ticket items that you've provided to whatever role you're in, I think that when you do kind of flip the coin, it does really serve you very well. And stop lowballing yourselves, guys.
0: Mm, let's
2: dive into that. Yeah. Like, oh, God, that happened to me twice. How did you find out? I will tell you the the position I am in today. I'm currently I do have a day job, a corporate nine to five. I work for ADP. I'm a corporate or a, a senior product owner. I design product for the benefits side of the house, and when I signed. My offer letter, and I did my research. I asked around and I said, Okay, I'm comfortable with this because it was a lot more money than what I was currently making. So I was like, Okay, I didn't want to be greedy. And my mom had kind of put something in my head like, you know, don't be greedy and you're getting good money. And so I said, Okay. The VP of product called me the next day to extend the offer. And he very kindly told me to never lowball myself again and was giving me an extra $10,000 than what I asked, what proposed. And to never lowball myself ever again, that he had to put me up to par to the other product owners because of how much I had lowballed myself. (laughs) And I was so fucking embarrassed. He is a good mentor of mine today. And we laugh about it today. And he was a white man. It meant the world to me because he really... Saw the potential that I had at the time. And he kind of threw me a lifeline and said, don't do that again.
0: Mm, That's really powerful. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, an important reminder that when you do find those folks who are like really about it, it's going to be very easy for you to see. I don't think you're going to ever encounter someone who's meant to be a mentor to you that's going to make it hard for you, that's going to try to. Put roadblocks in your way that's going to give you excuses about why you're not ready. Like those are not the people. Let's talk to Latinas who right now are in traditional careers, let's say the teachers, the nurses, the home care workers, the you know, administrative assistants, customer service, people who cannot see how they could transition these skills into the tech world. Give us some examples. Let's say like for a teacher, what could a teacher do with their skills? To transition into tech?
2: So many. I feel like I have this conversation with my stay-at-home mothers. First of all, you're project managers. Number one, all day, every day. You manage an entire project of children, throughout an entire year with curriculum, with activities, with programs, with milestones you have to hit, with things your kids need to learn, new curriculums that come on board, new software you have to implement. The list goes on and on with a teacher and their transferable skills, not to mention the systems knowledge they already have with how virtual school has become, right? Think about the landscape of what, you know, the great awakening, I call it the great awakening of 2020. With everything that happened in the pandemic, most teachers are can do everything from one flip of a switch. They could move everything virtual. Why not capitalize on those skills? how fast you learn them, how you can troubleshoot. Not always do those grades sync all the time. My mother-in-law happens to be a systems administrator. So I kind of understand that struggle. And I talk to a lot of teachers or a lot of stay-at-home moms. And they're like, I just have no skills. I'm like, well, first of all, stop that because you absolutely do. And let's take a second to put pen to paper and write all of those skills down. Like think about a day in the life of a teacher, all the things that at the end of the day from a project management perspective, not to mention troubleshooting skills. They troubleshoot all day, whether it's parents, teachers, school students. The bathroom cannot be functioning properly. We've got scheduling conflicts. We've got kids who don't want to eat the right food. Managing developers is exactly the same thing. You're just at a techie level. That's all it is. Coordinating meetings or you're having hard discussions. You know, you could even equate communication skills. How is you having a difficult conversation about a student with their parent any different than you having a difficult conversation with a client with some sort of technological needs? Same thing. It requires that same level of skill set, especially of a woman, because we've been socialized to learn how to have those skills, right? To be both nurturing, but also stern, right? Mm -hmm. Like the teacher syndrome, right? Right. So it's like, why not capitalize and why not transition into tech?
0: Yeah. I think this is where you have to realize that you got to surround yourself with different ideas, expose yourself to different environments so that you can start to make those connections. Because you trying to DIY it without any guidance is hard. And that's why your community exists. So go and join. Okay, now let's talk about salary negotiation, right? When you're coming from teaching or some of these other low profession environments and you happen to get an offer for tech, you'll be like, holy shit, they're going to pay me $75,000. That's a lot of money. How do you know it's actually a lot of money versus you just getting undercut because you don't know any better? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for.
2: But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com dinero.
2: This one is a, a slippery slope because you can, same similar situation that happened to myself. I thought I had done so much research and I thought I had asked around, and clearly I hadn't. I wasn't even in the same ballpark. So, this is where your network really comes into play. There is amazing resources and networks out there, especially for our BIPOC communities, especially for women in color, especially for Afro Latinas. Latinas, I work with a lot of, there's a, an organization called trabaha.co. It's a specifically for people of color tech recruitment. And they, they start teaching you from the bottom how to transfer your skills, how to apply for a job, leverage your previous career into your new one. I do pretty much the same thing minus the recruiting aspect of things. But I think that the more you leverage your network and the more that you follow people like yourself with your, yo quiero dinero, the more that you follow individuals who you're seemingly aligned with, with, Oh my gosh, how is she there? Or how is that person, you know, leveraging that network? Or how did that person get that job? Start asking people. You'd really notice how friendly people are in this social community that we really, to your point earlier, like women just want to share. I have found in my entrepreneurial journey, how nice and how, como se dice, how Como que la gente se como de nada. Like, and they're just like, like the shirt off their back, like, here, I want you to succeed too. You'd be so amazed at how many people just are like one DM
0: away. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I can absolutely attribute that to my success as an entrepreneur. It's literally just putting yourself out there and having something I think that you are willing to offer in exchange for that mentorship too, right? Like making mentorship a reciprocal relationship, I think is super powerful because when you come from it of just asking for the, you're just trying to take, take, take and not give. I think it's harder to attract folks who are really about it and who really want to see you grow long-term.
2: You're absolutely correct on that. There does have to be some sort of give and take. Um, A lot of people think you do a lot of things for free or not even for free, but they just kind of like are a little disrespectful with your time. So if you are looking for the viewers who are listening, if you are looking, just know that you have to put in the same work that somebody else is going to be willing to put in you. So just be nice and respectful about it. It's all about respecting people's
0: time. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about the imposter syndrome that happens inevitably when you're looking to make one of these career transitions. The first place where a lot of people go is like, well, I guess I got to go get a whole other freaking degree. Or I think I got to go sign up for like all these programs, these certifications, da, 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 da. Is that really the case for people? I don't think
2: so. Not that I shy away from certifications or extra schooling. I think it's amazing. I have my four-year degree as well. It doesn't necessarily equate success, right? I think a lot of people think I'm going to go and get this MBA and get this doctorate. And that's going to equal a $200,000 a year job. Not really. I know people who went to school like academics and are happy working at the government making 60, 70K. And they're just, that's their definition of success. They're totally happy with that. But I think sometimes when you are kind of going back into defining that definition of success is where you really have to kind of take that into consideration.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've also found that a lot of tech companies offer apprenticeships for people who literally don't have experience. So it's like, You need to find out what is out there before you start self-selecting out of opportunities because you might just be setting yourself up for disappointment for no reason because you haven't even taken a look at what is actually out there. I totally agree with you. I think that a lot, especially in the coding arena, I've
2: noticed a lot of girls just going and taking all these coding classes and learning how to code, which I think is incredible but if the company you're going to go work for, like, let's say your dream job is to work for Google. Well, guess what? Google's only going to write in specific languages. And they're going to tell you, we only write AWS. You know what? I'm just, you know, spitting some stuff out. Like, we only write this type of coding here. Well, why are you going to learn another language if your dream company only writes in these four languages? So, it's to your point of like researching, not that I don't think knowledge is amazing. I think people should try to soak up as much as possible. But if your intent is to pull ROI from that, then you need to be a little bit more selective and intentional with what you're doing with your brain power and your time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk resumes, right? Resumes are a big part of how you get that initial discussion with a recruiter, you get looked at for an opportunity. What do you think a lot of people are doing wrong? With resumes and what should they be thinking about when they're trying to pivot, especially into tech?
2: Ooh, wordiness. I feel like a lot of people get too wordy and a lot of people they put too much history, right? Like employers only want to see something that's very intentional to the job that you're hiring into and the lack of any type of real world experience. It'll be very vague. Like, oh, I coordinated communications between a multi million dollar company and my company. Give me a project. Give me some sort of success story that really paints that picture of how you effectively communicated. Or you effectively was it where it was a change agent in some sort of process, or you know you implemented new technology, and these are the steps you took to get there. It doesn't have to be every single line item in your resume. So pick and choose your best ones. But I think a lot of employers love to see that case study so that we can see what we're hiring and how we can apply your knowledge and your skill set into what we need to do for us.
0: Love it. Okay. So I love the fact that you took your knowledge and turned it into now this mentorship program business that you're running called the Latina Techie. Tell me how it started, how it came to be, and how you have grown this to an amazing community that now is empowering us to see what's possible.
2: I know we kind of touch upon it a little bit, but about two years ago, January 2020, I had found myself not in a good place in life. I had just had a baby. He was seven months old or about six months old at the time. And I had really just honestly found myself like, what's the more? What I'm doing, this can't be it. And then I thought, am I ungrateful because I live a beautiful life? I have two beautiful, healthy children. Am I being ungrateful, right? So I put a call out to the universe and I said, I really, I need something more. I landed a huge deal. I used to work with sales, my old organization, and I went to a huge recruitment firm out in Austin. And I remember walking in there and thinking, what the fuck am I doing with my life? (laughs) Like, I am just as good. I walked into indeed.com and I was like, I am just good as these like ripped jean flip-flop wearing young youth, the most brilliant minds, right? Of this century and creating such amazing software. And I said to myself, I have to do something. Two weeks later after that, I was sprucing up my resume, figuring out LinkedIn, whatever that is. And I had a Facebook message from an old coworker of mine, Facebook. I had never checked Facebook Messenger in eons prior to this. And it was for a job for my new role today, out of nowhere. I immediately jumped on it. I'm like, this is my sign, right? I land the job and it's right at the time of the pandemic. I quit my job and I landed this one. I thought, oh my God, they're probably going to I'm going to be without a job. Like, what am I going to do? The whole world is shut down. Sure enough, that's not what happened. Right? Um, that's not how it turned out. They honored the position, but I had no product experience at all. But I had tons of industry knowledge. So I found myself in a position where I was alone with two kids. My, my oldest was three, and my little one was seven months. And the idea was, oh, we'll hire this girl. She'll she'll teach us the business. We'll teach her the product, and we'll be great. Well, that's not what happened. So I had to learn this entire job by myself virtually my boss wasn't so nice either but whatever you know me i'm latina i will figure it out this is the opportunity of a lifetime and about 6 months in i told myself this can't be i was back to the drawing board of like this is not enough like i'm alone here i'm i'm in an island of men and i hate that but I'm so fucking lucky to have landed this job because it took my family to another level financially. And I just was so grateful. And I wanted to teach other girls to do what I do or get here. I don't know. I don't know. It was like this one crazy idea. I called my friend who's a business coach who is now my business coach. And I called her with this crazy idea, like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, am I crazy? She's like, no, you're not crazy. And that's how my entire platform was built, was unapologetically, how do I help my Latinas feel seen, heard, and empowered in STEM? That's how this entire thing started.
0: Yo, those downloads from the universe are powerful AF, and I'm so glad that you listened because I think a lot of us shut off that voice. We shut off the desire for more because what you said, be grateful you should be happy. This should be enough. Why do you need more? And it's like, yo, the paycheck will never replace the purpose. I'm going to say that again. The paycheck will never replace the purpose. Okay. So now you're doing both, which is the goal for so many. So how does your organization help Latinas get into tech and navigate this space that is still very, very white male dominated?
2: So I started off very simple, feet to pavement, like full-blown grassroots movement, right? Like how do I go to networking events? How do I meet people? I partnered with organizations like Latinas in Tech, Travaja. I was already following certain people like yourself and the Queen of Confidence. And like, there was a lot of women who were not, you were already in your journeys, but it was very motivating and inspiring. Like, look at these Latinas. Like we have so much to say and we're so funny and bright and beautiful and dynamic and like all these beautiful things and nobody knows about them same thing with STEM, you know, in technology. And a lot of it from this grassroots movement, it was meeting a lot of just in the posts of, Hey, I'm here too. Or, Hey, this is what I do. Or I launched mentorship Mondays. I put out a real or a IG video, I guess every Monday with tips and tricks and little by little, it was like, how can I, or how can you help me? Or can you help me connect this dot? Or, and that was little by little, like I would have And not younger, just younger girls, but women my age or other mothers or women who are older. Like, I've seen you be uncomfortable and put yourself out there. Like, how can not do the same thing, but how can you help me or how can I get to that next step? And that's really all how it started like, word of mouth, a true grassroots movement. I've never bought any followers, I've never done any of that. Like, everything's been organic and authentic, because that's what matters to me and my community. I feel like your community will know it if you're not authentic. So what's the point?
0: Absolutely. That focus on service is what people can see through, right? Like what you can see when people are just out here trying to make a book versus actually trying to change shit. And so the fact that you showed up with no pretense, with no expectation, with just a true desire to serve, I wish I could say it's more complicated than that, y'all, but it's not. Like, that's how all of the people that you are inspired by, that's how we start. It's like, you know that something's got to change. You know that something, nobody's paying attention to this group of people. And if it's not going to be you, who's it going to be? I remember telling my
2: sister and my mom and not that my sister, my sister was totally on board because she's much younger than me. So they get the socials, right? But my mother, it took me doing my very first in-person event. For my mom to really see what I was doing, and for her to really like really see it, and so it, I think it was that happened the same thing for a few people in my life. It really just boils down to it. this is for the people. Like this isn't even about me. This is so much bigger than me. Like all I'm doing is showing up. And yeah, I, I came up with a catchy the Latina Techie, but it was like the idea is not for me to be the Latina Techie. The idea is for all of them to be the Latina Techie. I just happen to be the first. That's all. Like that's, that's it. <laughs> I know. I feel like some people are like, oh, the Latina techie. I'm like, no, no, no. Like they're all the Latina techie. Like that's how this is. It's not just me. This is way bigger than me. This is for my girls.
0: I love it. So what is your ultimate goal? Like, what do you want to see come from the work that you're doing?
2: Oh, so more outreach in terms of youth, probably not even probably, but working with underserved communities. By way of where girls are coming from orphanages, very, very, very like they've got nothing no will to live. That's where I've felt very strongly. My recently partnered with an organization called Orphan Starfish that helps girls that are aging out of an orphanage. They put programs in place to mitigate them from coming off of the street or going to the streets after they age out of their orphanages. So creating programs to understand that they have these skill sets to build their resumes, to send them to school, to get certification so that they can actually get jobs and survive. So a lot of my outwork is gearing more towards that. I do partner with another organization called CodeArt that helps the same, similar, but more specifically in helping girls all over the world code. And then from a Latina techie perspective, I've been building, not secretly, but very quietly my consulting agency. Eventually, I want to be out of corporate altogether and... I always thought I would be this HR consultant because that's my niche, right? That's what I know. I know specifically PEO. And I always thought like, that's what I would do. I would open a consulting firm. And then I realized, wait a second, girl, do you even love this? And while I do love it, I do love the complexities it gives me, but no, I love helping women more. And I have realized, you know, the whole sell to the gap. I've realized that we have this entire underserved market of coming out of the great resignation right and the great awakening of twenty twenty we have all these women in startups mompreneurs women you know women owned businesses that are all in startup mode that nobody is servicing them with their technology needs in any capacity. They either have to buy something off the shelf or it costs them millions of dollars to get something created proprietary for themselves. So I said, nope, that's got to end. So I said, we're going to scratch the HR technology side of the house. I have had a great stint here. I had a 14, 15 year career in HR. I think that was great. Now it's time to move to my women-owned businesses and startup capacity. And I am bridging their technology and operational efficiencies using technology.
0: I am so here for this. If y'all don't know about the digital divide, it's real. You know, Black and brown-owned businesses are about 10 years behind where white-owned businesses are from a technological standpoint, from a digital literacy standpoint. And so the more that people that we have really helping us live into what is the future of business like we're going to make this wave of entrepreneurship sustainable and not be something that becomes obsolete because we just don't have the right skill sets to make this a long-term thing this is why i'm so f- digital entrepreneurship focused too because you know i think a lot of what we think of from the entrepreneurship lens in our community is still the mom and pop shops it's the salons the bodegas you know the working 14 hours a day at the restaurant that you own like that's not the only move y'all there's so much potential out here to reach broader audiences for such a lower cost of operating your business faster ways of doing things improving the customer experience like technology is the fucking future and you got to get on that train now
2: yep I agree. I think that the quicker you get on the train and it doesn't have to be. And I think that a lot of people think technology is intimidating. I don't think it's meant to intimidate. And that's where I I put a spin, right? And a lot of us have to put a spin on things in terms of selling, but it's like, I'm not trying to sell you sexy technology. I'm trying to help you fix your life processes, especially for a mompreneur, right? Like I'm here simply to help you go to Tommy's soccer game at 4 p.m. And you're not dying with email invoices back here, or so that you can make it to your client meeting and you don't have to worry about scheduling this manually or this not being integrated or your POS system's not syncing properly or my Shopify account's not working. Or how about I wanna build an app, but I don't know where to start? Okay, well, guess what? I have an agency that I work with that has a team of developers and we can help build you something that's not gonna break the bank. And I think that a lot of the times, this male dominated, these male dominated industries, it's like going to the mechanic, right? We don't necessarily, I don't like to go to the mechanic. No, they see you
0: as a woman and they're like, we're going to charge her 50% more because she don't know nothing.
2: It's the same thing in technology. So I'm like, no, let me sit at the table because I know what things cost and I know what it takes to implement and I know what it takes to project manage things. And no, I'm not going to let somebody take one of my clients to the cleaners, if you will. And I'm there simply just to advocate. I tend to tell my clients, like, think of me as an extension of your leadership team that you one day will be able to afford. But right now I'm going to be asking those C-suite level questions that somebody that has just getting into business is not going to see because they can't really see the forest from the trees. You can't run your business and then scale it at the same time. You can't You can't do both, right? You of people know that.
0: I know, girl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> very, very many long years I spent trying to do all the things. And then I was like, there has to be a better way. And there is, I promise. Natalie, this has been an amazing conversation. I want folks to find out so much more about you, what you do, how they can work with you, how they can become a part of the uh, the Latina Techie community. So let us know where we can find you and what you're working on.
2: Ooh, so you guys can find me at thelatina.techie on Instagram. And then my website is www.thelatinatechie.com. You are feel free to hit any of those fancy radio buttons we have there to send me an email. Honestly, my DMs are always open. I feel like people think that we don't respond, right? But you, you respond. We respond, respond. honey. We respond. (laughs) We respond. Like, come to me, talk to me. My Calendly link is out there. Like, I I am accessible. And in terms of what I'm working on next, speaking really to like the ode to my tribe and my community, I hosted my first in-person event in June. And I said to myself, okay, that was a week before school started. And that was Amazing. It was my very first event, and I had over 120 women there. I can't even believe I did that. And I said to myself, okay, Natalia, you're done for the summer, or you're going to work. I have clients that I'm working on Latina Techie Consulting clients and ADP work. So I have to head down work, and I'm strategizing for what's next. And then what's interesting, I said I was taking the summer off and I've really kind of been for the community. I'm doing your podcast. I'm in a girlfriend of mine is doing a commercial for her event coming up. So I'm gonna be in that. I was in someone, one of my girlfriend launched an online boutique last year. So I was in her one of her newest campaigns. So I'm like, man, I said I was taking the summer off, but I've been for my people. So that's literally what I've been doing. I've just been for my community and just been head down working and strategizing my next move. So in August, you guys will see some new content. I am focusing a lot more on education, building my resources, building my libraries, building up my website to have a more resource tribal community where somebody can become a member and have all tons of free goodies at their disposal. So that's what I'm working on.
0: I'm so excited to have met you. I'm so excited for you to be here so that folks know that you don't need to continue to go out to find people who have nothing in common with you to teach you this shit. We can educate ourselves in our own community con el sabor that comes from being part of this community. Yes. Thank you so much for the work that you do. It's incredible. And know that I'm wishing you so much success. And you will have an ally here on your mission for as long as you want to show up. So thank you for what you do. Well, thank
2: you so much, my dear. I feel the exact same way. I can't even echo these sentiments. I feel like such a fangirl right now. And thank you so much for supporting me and guiding all of us. I feel like you're One of the Latina pioneers to really have launched and been so successful and being like a Florida native and Puerto Rican, I just like, I feel you and I love to see you grow and I love it. I love it all.
0: Thank you so much.
1: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap2Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina. The Ultimate Blueprint for Becoming Poderosa with Your Dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa.